We thank God for DJ, play a Christmas song. Yeah, I gotta put Cher on blast. Charles the DJ already announced the song DJ Play the Song like a month and a half ago at least. And it's still under development. It's going to be debuted at Alex Branson's Hawaiian House Party in Paris, France. So it's going to be a little while still. And Cher, caught, Cher saw all the attention I was getting talking about this amazing song that's coming out. And then she dropped DJ Play a Christmas song in order to steal all the momentum from DJ Play the song. Wait, when did you announce yours? Like a couple months ago at this point, I think. Well, hers came out October 6th. Fuck. Let me go check. Here's right the thing. I had my the idea. infamous attacks of October 7. That's right. Coincidence? What did she know? And when She's did she Armenian, know so I don't know which side that is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether they're Jewish or Muslim. Here's the thing. Uh, DJ Play the Song is an idea I had at least a year ago, okay? Cher probably heard me talking about it to either Tom or Branson and Andrew, and she co-opted it and preempted me. And this song is just so bad. This song sucks. I hate this song. It makes me hate Christmas. I was already talking for the thing we just recorded for E1 about how I think the Grinch had some good ideas. And I feel even more that way hearing this garbage-ass Cher song. Yeah, the problem with people who are joyless, like me, is that we see the Grinch, and it doesn't work on us as a bad guy. Yeah. Well, I do We see him as as a kindred spirit. I condemn some of his actions. I don't think he needed to necessarily steal all the presents. He didn't need to ruin the meal of the who hash and the who ham that the who's were going to eat. Just let them have their meal in peace. But I think he's right that this Christmas shit's gotten too out of control. I don't think grown men need to be giving each other presents anymore because I don't need anything. Branson's sending me trash. He said he's sending me some garbage in the mail. I don't even want that. He knows is trash. It's just a waste of my time. The who's are simply too happy. Yeah, they don't need more material shit. See, the, he's an anti-materialist, like, anti-consumerist, you know what I mean? Like, he's, I, I've, I feel that. These fucking consumer-happy fucking who's. Why don't they just enjoy each other's company? Why can't they just have a nice meal together without all these presents? Do they ever work? We see the Grinch working. I don't think so. Yeah, that's a good point, too. But even before Christmas, we never see the who's working, do we? I don't recall it, except for maybe putting the lights on the tree, but that's hardly work. Never see a who on a road crew. Uh-uh. But I hadn't heard that before, and I was looking at a Spotify playlist called Christmas 2023 New Releases. 301 songs. Yeah, 16 hours of new, brand new Christmas songs, even better than the last ones. It's fun to think about that, about how there are hundreds of new Christmas songs every year. Some of them are covers, some of them are new, and a lot of weird ones that you would never hear about. I don't know how anyone would hear one of these. You, it would have to be at the store. They would have to Shazam yeah. it. Or they would have to have a very strange person in their life who is really concerned with being up to date on the Christmas <laughs> on lore Christmas and music. Christmas yeah. culture. Like they don't want no Bing Crosby, none of that bullshit. Like the people who have a, a best of 2023, 50 best albums list. Yeah. People who just, that's all they listen to is they, they have to keep up with every album that comes out. It's way Even funnier to only do that with to. Christmas. Yeah, like they're only listening to new Christmas songs. Like when yeah. when are you going to listen to these after that? You're going to listen to them next year? year no, round, there's going to be new songs The then. music stays good. Okay, this is where I'll defend Christmas. The music stays good all year round. That's true. Probably July is the funniest time to have Christmas music playing. 
like blasting out of your car at a stoplight. I don't know, actually, because then it's kind of like Christmas in July. It's like kitschy. I think yeah, maybe like that's, March. It's lame to do that. It has February to be. February or March is like the best time. Yeah, it has to be clear that it's not a planned thing. It's not in time with any sort of anti-holiday, like anti-Christmas. Uh, Andrew had a tweet about that years ago, actually, where it's like he's on a train listening to his like music on his phone, and he locks eyes with a girl, and then she looks down to see what he's listening to, and he's listening to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in March. Yeah, or Frere Jaca. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that one. I fuck with Frere Jaca, though. Yeah, or Hot Cross Buns. Oh, hell yeah. Is Hot Cross Buns on Spotify? I'm sure it is. Gotta be. I, I don't think Jules anyone's TV ever liked that song. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone it's ever liked Hot Cross Buns? The easiest song to play on recorder when you're like seven years old. I don't think piano teachers even like that. Hell no. I think we need to listen to all 16 hours of brand new Christmas music and then drop our top 50 songs list. Yeah, put them in order. And it's all just obscure shit on here, like uh, Katie Cadan's Christmas in Chicago, Ellie Brooks' Under the Tree. This is the real shit, not the share bullshit. Cher is so full of it. And yet she's number one on that, that Spotify playlist. Baby Doll by RuPaul. Ooh. Seth MacFarlane has a Merry Christmas Baby one. by Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis can't still be alive, right? Oh, I have no idea. Boy, is he really still alive and putting out music? Jesus Christ. I thought he died a million years ago. That's insane. Christmas Comes in Waves by Alana Springsteen. Is that like his daughter or granddaughter or something? Or is she just That's nepotism. That yep. Catherine McPhee? That's There's interesting. A called The Tenors that did a song. Come on. Get creative with it. You it's not the four losers. tenors? It's just the tenors. It's just the tenors? Ellie I guess Brooks there are four of them. Again. I bet there's artists on here who did a whole album. They're on this list 12 times. Come on, bring your best effort and give me your best one song. The related, uh, the related artists here, the Canadian tenors, the Celtic tenors, <laughs> the ten tenors. All the least creative tenors in the world. Oh, Ryan Dan is in there. Oh, the Catherine McPhee song is with David Foster. He's trying to steal clout from David Foster Wallace and confuse people. Oh, David Foster. That's one of the behind-the-scenes songwriting guys. Oh, okay. I, I think he might have written the Titanic song. Okay. He's co-writer on a lot of stuff from the 80s and 90s. Well, I guess I take it back. I bet it's really good. Yeah, he's cool. Cher did a song with Tyga this year. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's on that album with DJ Play a Christmas song. Like, the state of music is just that two sort of massive artists from different worlds come together for a song and nobody hears about it. Yeah. Well, no one can say Tyga's a pedophile anymore. Because she's like five times his age. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. She put out a whole Christmas album. Jingle Bells by Taylor Hicks. Who the fuck is listening to that? Like, who wants to hear a cover of Jingle Bells to begin with? I fuck Does with anyone Jingle like Bells. that song? It's pretty annoying, but it oh is my one of my God. favorite songs, too. This is so bad. It's like, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. <laughs> and the backing track is like uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive or something. Oh, cool. <laughs> it, it sounds like Tim Heidecker doing his, his 70s rock shtick. Yeah, yeah. But completely serious, and he's singing jingle bells. And it's the guy from American Idol who had gray hair when he was 20. Cool. That's dope. So that's on there. There's um, a new version of Joy to the World by an artist called This Is Jesus. I don't like that song. Or wait, is that... Which one is it? 
like the joy to the world. Doo, doo, oh, it's that doo, one. Doo. I was thinking three dog night. I was thinking rock. Okay, this guy, This Is Jesus, only has two songs. One is a Joy to the World cover, and one is a title track of his own artist's name called This Is Jesus. You know what? I'm not going to listen to it, though. Seth MacFarlane has a song called We Wish You the Merriest. That's cool. The only other thing I actually listen to on here is a Dream Team collab between Jimmy Fallon and friend of the show, Megan Trainer, called Wrap Me Up. Jimmy yeah, spit some bars. He, I think he's personally maybe a top five MC for me after this. Um, and Jimmy Fallon debuted this on Jimmy Kimmel Live, which I can't even begin to fathom why. Yeah, you would think this is on a show. It's on a late night show. Jimmy Fallon is in it. It's got to be on Jimmy Fallon. But no, it's on Jimmy Kimmel. His own and staff why isn't was Jimmy like, Kimmel? Well, I guess Jimmy Kimmel announces it. It'd be funny if his own staff like banded together to be like we're all fucking quitting if you perform this shit on your own show he's like you know what i'm gonna go do it on kimmel before we started we were talking about how there used to be so much late night animosity even up to when was it 2010 when the conan versus leno thing happened yeah yeah and now these guys are going on each other's shows yeah it's disgusting it's like leno and letterman coming together it used to be a battle between good and evil the righteous Letterman versus the evil Leno. And now it's just a bunch of fucking hacks. They're all just so inoffensive and similar that it yeah. doesn't really matter. Like Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel. Colbert's the saddest though, because he used to actually be funny and now he's just spent, you know, like Jimmy Fallon was always like one of the weaker SNL guys, but Colbert, I genuinely thought was super funny. He's so fast. Like he is very funny. He just doesn't show it anymore. Yeah. I don't get why he's the late night guy. I guess it's like being president in a certain sense. If you're a yeah. showbiz guy, if you're a comedian, if you grew up watching Johnny Carson and Letterman, then that's sort of the top. That's like the king of the comedy world. You decide who gets on stage and who gets a career and stuff. Uh, that doesn't really mean anything anymore. But I was just thinking about how miserable that must be, especially if you don't care about it, like he doesn't care about it. Yeah. Because totally. you have to do it every day. It's not yeah, it's like an incredible uh, amount of work. A lot of celebrities have a podcast that they do once a month or something like retired celebrities or ones that you don't hear about, but having to do a daily show and you're kind of checked out mentally, that seems so horrible. I guess he did sort of do a daily, a daily show with the Colbert report, not the daily show after oh, the daily show, a show that was daily. Yeah. Yeah. It's confusing. Colbert Report was still good for a long time, though. It was funnier than The Daily Show most of the time. Yeah, it's hard to say because I was like 13 when I was watching it. But I mean, that was the peak era for me. of like, you know, I was an intern at The Daily Show and I watched those shows religiously and stuff. Oh, yeah, I he's forgot about funny that. For a long time, but, you know, he's kind of spent. He doesn't have the juice anymore. But anyway, Jimmy Fallon and Megan Trainer, they went crazy on this one. We decking halls, cause Santa's coming Christmas Eve. Big shining balls, all up on that Christmas tree. Eggnog in my cup, got them carols turned away up. And I don't need much, but what you get me? Is it a throne? A new razor? It's kind of sad how Megan Trainer has turned into a self parody already. Like, I don't really like her, but. Yeah, well, there wasn't much else to it. It's kind of like she's just doing all about that bass parodies, basically. Yeah. (laughs) And rewrites. She's like Lou Bega. (laughs) Like doing a 50s throwback thing and 
you have a couple singles that come out after and they sound the same and I don't know. Maybe she likes it. Oh, I'm sure she does. I also miss when she would talk about the nasty vaginal stuff. Yeah, that was when we what talked about that? her the most. Someone Maybe she's still doing it. Someone put the kibosh on that. We need to listen to like her brother's podcast or wherever she was saying that shit, which is so Someone funny. Someone didn't like that and they made her stop because there were 20 headlines about bacterial vaginosis. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we can't have you associated with only this in hemorrhoids and shit. Yeah, she got too real. She got too close to the truth and they had to silence her. I think this was new to me. Unless I don't know if you had seen this in the past with other artists, but this annoying Dua Lipa tweet where she's pretending like she's giving out her phone number with a little kiss emoji like, oh, text me. And obviously it's just some fucking like promotional thing, which I guess this has been going on for years and I just wasn't aware of it. Because, oh, we have this article from OprahDaily.com, funny enough, about how, this is from 2020, about how a variety of celebs, including Jennifer Lopez, Alex Rodriguez, Ava DuVernay, Diddy, Ellen DeGeneres, Ashton Kutcher, and Amy Schumer are allowing you to pretend to text them. When obviously it's just like some email list. It's basically like a, I don't know, fan email list, but by text message. And it feels worth bringing up because this thing is mostly funded by Guy Osiri, who we talked about as being one of the main guys pushing NFTs in like 2021. Yeah. This is such low tech at this point. Yeah. Basic SMS stuff. These kind of annoying schemes that do nothing for fans whatsoever. I'm not sure how it makes money. I, maybe are the artists paying for the service? Like, it doesn't seem that the fans are subscribing. I think they're just texting. I think that maybe, okay, my best guess is the artist does pay for it because they probably pitch it as like you're paying for PR. Uh, it's essentially like a kind of viral marketing campaign, you know? Yeah, it's a way to, it's basically an email list. Yeah. That's functionally what it is. It's a number that you text and it signs you up for a list. It's like giving your phone number to Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And Except I'm sure it's, that a, it's like people, messages from a celebrity about where Amy Schumer is uh, performing next. Yeah. You can easily spin this to like the artist's PR team. Like text messages are such an intimate way to communicate. You usually use it with your friends, but what if Amy Schumer texted you about her tour dates? What if you texted your enemies? Yeah. I like my first thought when we were looking at this was that it's like the Simpsons episode where Lisa's on the Corey hotline. But I guess it doesn't seem like the fans are really paying for it. It actually seems like maybe even more vacuous than that. It's just like signing up for news from the artists. Although, of course, Diddy being just a big bullshitter has a great quote in this article pretending like he was ever actually going to use it for real. Let me find it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Imagine what people are sending him. It's got to be yeah. all demos and shit because no one really likes Diddy. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be like, I like your deep tracks. Yeah. Uh, got it. This quote is so stupid though. He's like, I'm sitting here and thinking I'm about to go into this next era of my life and I'm going to be doing a lot of positive things, a lot of disruptive things, a lot of things I don't really want everybody like everybody to know about when I'm in your city, I'll be able to hit you directly. I'll be answering people, accepting resumes, giving information for parties. No, you fucking won't do. There's no way he did any of that ever. I'm going to add them all to a group text. Yeah. <laughs> You guys should be friends. Amy Schumer and Diddy 
Can you get together? Collab. It is funny, just the Motley Crew. Well, not Motley Crew like the band, but the Motley Crew lowercase of people who signed up for this shit. From Dua Lipa to A-Rod to Ellen DeGeneres. And Ashton Kutcher did it too. And of course, he's Gaio Series business partner. Like, gee, I wonder why he did it. I'm going to add him and Diddy to a group chat and say, hey, do you guys have any rape tips? <laughs> it's sad because it's true. That is a lot like NFTs in terms of what it does to your public prestige. Yeah. You get negative prestige from that. You gain some gold. It just looks so corny. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. And also, it led me down the rabbit hole of thinking like, what happened to the day when artists would literally give out their phone number in their songs? Like Mike Jones, when he famously intoned 281-330-8004, hit Mike Jones up on the low because Mike Jones about to blow. What happened when you called that? At first, it was really his number, and then he turned it into like a proto version of this, where it was like a message from him talking about like, oh, my album is out now, you know? That would make sense. You hear a thing. But that me, like I was the right age where like we would call that number and be like, does it really work? Like it, we were totally dumb enough and young enough to fall for it, you know? Yeah, it was like the modern 8675309. Yeah, yeah. It's totally. the fake number you would give people for a very short time in the 2000s. Yeah. Like Mike Jones is so funny to like revisit because like all the rest of those Houston rappers were better rappers than him, like Slim Thug or Chameleon Air or even Paul Wall. At least like Paul Wall just does his like grills business where he just makes jewelry and he makes like a, I'm sure a very good living. But Mike Jones was like the least talented. He his first like two singles are good songs from that era, like Still Tipping and Back Then. Like those are fun songs. But that yeah, the was beats are it. good. Yeah, yeah, those are like really fun. Like. Those Houston songs were very like musical, you know, like they were like the, the music moves around a lot in those beats. Like it's not kind of like stark New York shit. It's like very fun beats. But yeah, he had such a short peak and he was already just done within like a year, you know. And uh, I really want to dig this up and do a Twitch stream of it of somewhere. I still have a DVD R of his movie American Dream. Where he, it, to me, that movie is in the caliber of movies along with like Neil Breen and The Room and all that shit of like, it was one of those perfect storm things where he wrote it, he directed it, he starred in it. It's about his own life. He tried making an original album to go along with it and then the label downsized it to an EP because it must have sucked really bad. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's brutal. The wiki says it was originally supposed to be released as an album, but was downgraded to an EP due to low confidence from the label. And the EP even includes still tipping from the previous album. Like that's like some really bleak stuff there where you got to bolster it with your hits from two years ago. Yeah. You couldn't record four freestyles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he recorded them. I think the label didn't want to put them out. Were they that bad? I feel like, he, like, okay, here's my theory. I think he did actually make the whole album because on the wiki, it says there was a new 2009 track list where they expanded it from seven tracks to 19. They probably added the whole album and quietly released it as a remade EP instead of an album. Like, I think it's the label just trying to throw away the songs. That's my. It's best very guess. counterintuitive how his identity is just his name, but he has yeah, so the most common name of any rapper. In the film, he gets into this in great detail and dramatizes it that his grandma tells him 
Everything he does in his career, his grandma tells him explicitly with no subtext, where she's like, Mike, you should say your name in every song, and you should say your phone number so the DJs know where to call you. And when you go to the strip club and give your song to the DJs, you should talk about strippers in your music, because those strippers are going to love to dance to music about strippers. His grandma grandma. says that? Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. It also has maybe the best drug dealing scene I've ever seen in a movie, where there's probably five or six guys all on one corner. Like they're like three or four of them are doing deals at the same time. There's like guys driving up, guys walking by. Everyone's doing these conspicuous handshakes. It's so funny. Like you crowd even watch it's like the when you have wire. a subway like, on. on all four corners of a stop. Yeah. <laughs> Too much. You could like literally just watch the wire and you could fake a better drug dealing scene. Like it's just so bad. But I really do want to do that Twitch stream. And it was kind of fun to go down this Mike Jones rabbit hole since no one's thought about him since 2006. And uh, apparently he and like you and me were talking about this. It's almost like performance art or something where it's like his next album was going to be called Where is Mike Jones as in 2012. And here we are over a decade later and the album has never materialized. It seems like he's doing a bit. Where is Mike Jones? I don't know. Yeah, it seems like. Maybe he fucked over his friends or something. I think because it, it wouldn't be him, that but hard. Also he he tanked. Yeah, it's hard to say. There's like, so many guys who Instagram. are not that talented who can put out rap albums. Yeah, like they just get someone to write, like Diddy. Totally, Diddy's never written a bar himself. People just put the stuff together for him because every ten years you got to have an album. But no one's willing to do that for him. So either he's so hard to work with that no one wants to be in the studio with him for like half an hour. Or I don't know. I mean, his Instagram, which he still uses frequently, makes him seem pretty unhinged. Where you found this post that's from five weeks ago where he's claiming that everyone is copying and remaking his old shit. So I'm going to do like Taylor Swift and just re-record all my singles. It's like, no, you're fucking not, dude. And all his posts are these long paragraphs. And in that in that one, he starts going on of like, I'm going to remake and remix my shit again and again. Like, how often do you want me to do still tip and every year or every other year? Hell, that's all y'all had to say, LMAO. I will make it my job to release a remake slash sample, whatever y'all want to call it. It just goes on and on and on. It's like, you're not going to do that. You're just like unhinged, dude. <laughs> it's funny to talk about Taylor Swift as a new artist. Like, did yeah. they come out the same year? Probably, honestly, like roughly. The first Taylor Swift album was 06 and he was 05. So it was like, yeah, one year. I hate these new artists. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Mike Jones does not seem to have his shit together. He's got something called Money Train. He had a mixtape called Money Train. And he's working on it. Oh, okay. Eight years ago, he claimed he was working on the follow up Money Train Reloaded. <laughs> What's reloaded? Is the train restocked with new cargo or is it? Just a senseless, like, is it a Matrix reference? It is a gun thing? It doesn't make any sense. Well, you got to load up the train with coal. Yeah, I think that's the only way you can look at it. He just reloaded the the coal. Paul Wall is really thin now. Yeah, I think he got lap band surgery. He looks sharp. I'd love to know Mike Jones' net worth, though, because I feel like Paul Wall probably makes a substantial amount of money, like, consistently, and Mike Jones is probably, like, Basically broke would be my guess, right? Yeah, he hasn't worked in like 10 years. Yeah, and you look at his Wikipedia and it's like, oh, he had his own cognac. And you look that up and it hasn't been talked about in like 15 years. It doesn't exist anymore. 
Very sad. We should yeah, write I, some songs for him. It's almost makes me think of Island Boys, how like when you get this lucky and you become, you sell like a million or two million copies of his first album or whatever, you have to fuck up pretty bad and burn so many bridges to like have zero goodwill left, you know? Yeah, like the Island Boys are getting in fights everywhere they go. Yeah, and I don't know what Mike Jones did, but I just feel like he had to do something because like Paul Wall seems like he's doing just fine. Yeah, and people don't want to talk to him. They don't want to call him and they know his number. They do know his number. They know they his might name have just lost his number. Maybe he switched carriers or something. It would be really funny if this year he starts doing that gimmick again with a new number. Oh, wait, hold up. Guess what? I just scrolled back a couple more. Po- this is only from five weeks ago. Also, he has a screenshot of an um, iPhone calling 281-330-8004. He's still fucking playing off this bit, man. Does it still work then? I don't think so. Oh, I see. I see what's what this beef is about. The artist NLE Chapa, I guess, is the one who is like, re- I don't know. Okay, I don't know which song he's talking about, but he either remixed it or sampled it or something. And that's why Mike Jones is mad, which is funny because he's just oh. putting attention back on your song from 20 years ago. No one remembers who's younger than I am. <laughs> yeah, you should be happy. I guess he's a 21 year old from Memphis wonder what it was. So the first thing that shows up on YouTube was that NLE Chapa freestyled over Still Tippin'. Oh. that's I think that's what he did. Just on YouTube? Yeah, on the radio. Power 106 Los Angeles. Well, they have to pay for that. The radio station has to pay royalties to BMI if they're playing your beat. I wonder if Mike right? Jones just doesn't own his music. He probably doesn't own his own music. Maybe that's why he started making that Taylor Swift rant about how he's going to re-record it. I guess that's the one royalty he would get. I don't think he would get too much money from that. Yeah, this really is the whole thing. NLE Chapa called out Mike Jones, calling him lame, relating to a dispute around his new freestyle, and it's still tipping sample. It's like, yeah, he is lame. He's just some old washed up loser. Well, he should come out with a response track. You got to do something. Yeah. How come you can't capitalize on this, dude? It's like, this is a more successful artist than you right now. You should be capitalizing on it. Yeah, this is your ticket back in. Oh my God, it's kind of bleak going further back on the Mike Jones Instagram timeline. He's doing like weird, obscure shows called Bat Fest. Oh, I guess it's at that bridge where there's all the bats in Austin, Texas. But he's performing with uh, Alien Ant Farm and Flo Rida. That's kind of cool, I, don't I guess. Yeah, it could be cool at that bat bridge if it's actually anything to do with that. Let's see how many bats it has. That's barely any bats at all. It's just really? a regular uh, regular bridge, and there's there's some bats that fly around in mid-August. I was led to believe they have lots of bats there, but maybe everyone from Austin is lying to me. I guess there's a good amount of bats, but I was, I was imagining a cave. No, it's a bridge. It's just a regular bridge, and bats fly over. It's like if geese fly over a road. Big whoop. Well, Texas does have the most bats in America. I feel like... Does it really? That's what it says when Most I'm looking it up. bats. Oh, the world's largest bat colony is outside of San Antonio. Interesting. What's out there? Blood? Yeah. That's where the highest concentration of chupacabras is, I think. Yeah, that's why all the blood is going crazy out there. There must be a lot of blood. Oh, speaking of blood, Kiss is done, ostensibly. They've done their last concert ever. Yeah. Probably for the fifth time. 
Hopefully they stop this time. And they're making the cool decision to turn themselves into digital avatars. I guess I it's going to be like, holograms or maybe just projected on a screen and it's CGI Gene Simmons and CGI Paul Stanley. And uh, people are kind of mad about it, but it's about as stupid as just having them play. Yeah, to a bunch of tracks anyway. It's yeah, like, it's all backing tracks. Half the band is gone. Who gives a shit? If anyone's going to be okay with it, it's going to be Kiss fans. They're like acting like they're mad, but then they're going to be into it like very soon. But apparently this is already underway because this company who does this industrial light and magic is already doing this with ABBA. And That's the Star Wars people, right? Oh, is it? Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think they worked with George Lucas. I think that's his company. So allegedly these ABBA performance have already been pulling in $2 million a week. So obviously the KISS thing is going to be more successful than you think it will be. Yeah, the ABBA thing. That made me remember 18s. Yeah. It used to be advertised on Nickelodeon all the time. It was a reboot of ABBA, but with new teens. Even though the original members were all still alive, I think, I always want to go about the new guys. You know, where's the sexy new guys? Show me the new guy. Yeah, the new guys in town. Yeah. There's always going to be another new guy. They bring out a couple boring covers. Branson resents that there's always going to be a new guy he has to learn. I'm excited to see who's a new guy this time, you know? And yeah, you're right. The the 18s, their first album was all ABBA covers with their first single, Mamma Mia. They're just doing shittier versions of ABBA songs. It's super funny. Yeah, the Mamma Mia cover especially is pretty shitty. It's very Eurobeat. Takes all the funk out of it. Not that it was a super funky song to begin with. The Dancing Queen cover's okay, but it's worse than the original. It's so funny that their singles are just ABBA singles too. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's yeah, so not lazy. even the deep cuts or demos or anything. I remember seeing it advertised all the time, and I wasn't familiar with ABBA. Like, my parents never had ABBA records around the house. Yeah, my, so I just my thought it was a new band. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the I, I was confused. I didn't really realize that until we just started looking at this. Um, but I think it actually gets funnier with them. Of they, they surprisingly lasted seven years, maybe until they were no longer teens. Or maybe they were like 27, who knows. But the first album is just an ABBA remake. Then the second album in 2001, they started doing original songs, including this one called Upside Down, which I very vaguely remember from back then. And uh, Yeah, it's competent boy band pop. Yeah, it's just kind of like ripping off Max Martin kind of stuff. Like, it's fine. It's not the best, but it's competent. Swedish on Swedish crime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder I who the audience for that was. Uh, 11-year-olds. But did they know ABBA? No, I think it's because they didn't know ABBA. You can present it as a new song. Like, wow, I really love this new song, Mamma Mia. Maybe that worked. I don't remember. It didn't work on me. Well, here's the thing. They must have been semi-successful because uh, they did a 43-date tour in the U.S. with Aaron Carter to promote their second album. They also did the Radio Disney Live 2001 World Tour. And according to Wikipedia, that same year, Coca-Cola signed the group to become the face of the brand in Thailand. What an honor. And the album sold over a million copies. Like, it was a success, you know? That's a lot of work. I think they just they should have a computer do it. I'm looking at the ABBA yeah. Voyage footage right now. And it looks That's pretty good. Point. They have lights. It's all I guess fancy. When, if the two options are to see the A-teens or the ABBA Voyage, who's going to want to see the A-teens? You know, you might as well just put some fucking holograms up there. Like, I don't want a band to have to spend time in a bus. 
That's true. They have to have jet lag and get and up early. And these heavy amps and stuff. Touring's lame. People have to carry stuff. Just they have to call their algorithms. kids on their phone. Like, who gives a shit? I support that. And also, That's what Kiss as, should be. As we see with Kiss, yeah, they had the chance to make, like, edgelord versions of themselves where Gene Simmons has, like, bat wings or some shit. An even longer eyes. tongue. Yeah, so funny. It's just like... It's like 20 feet long and they have to roll it up. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the um, Paul McCartney slash uh, Wings song, Let Me Roll It, is about. It's about Gene Simmons' tongue. And he also has a 20-foot penis. Yeah. Everything's oversized, like Spinal Tap. I think that They're if Kiss undersized. Just... It was It was oversized in... The Stonehenge was really small in Spinal Tap. And in the real yeah. thing it was based on, it was the Black Sabbath show where they had the Stonehenge that was too big. <laughs> and it wouldn't fit through the door. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, maybe we should get back around to the Kiss thing, though. You found this ultimate classic rock article that was like breaking down their final show in New York, like just a couple days ago. And the opening act was a talk show. Yeah, it's an interview with Desmond Child and Allison Hagendorf is the host. That's kind of cool. Taped interviews with the band. That's lame. They yeah, can't even so do funny. real interviews on their. They're like right maybe backstage. It was like the day before or something. But well, come I think on. it's, it's your I last think from show. their their perspective, it's like showmanship that they don't want to be seen until they actually start playing music or they start lip syncing music, you know? Yeah, and but, they uh, have to get the costume on. Yeah. It felt like momentum breaking celebrity chatter. Oh, at the end of the show is editorializing. They should have mixed in historical clips or old videos to keep the audience more engaged. It's just a damn clip show. After one more grand flourish, the giant screens behind the band were filled with giant digital KISS avatars performing the band's version of God Gave Rock and Roll to You Part 2. KISS Army, your love, your power has made us immortal. The new KISS era starts now. And then it's, it's the CGI thing saying that. So that's cool. It's like a Warcraft cutscene. Yeah, uh, cut it is. That's what it looks like. It looks like Guitar Hero 2. <laughs> that's dog shit. And also, like, hold up, wait. These, uh, like, avatars, it's the current lineup, isn't it? It doesn't include Ace Freely or Peter Chris or any of those guys. Is it really? Yeah, I think it's, like, the final lineup and not, like, the most iconic lineup. Not the guys that Weezer was singing about. That's really funny. Yeah. The two worst members of Kiss, Ace Freely and Peter Chris, they're useless. They don't do shit. And the funniest thing about it is that they were giving out golden tickets like Willy Wonka, except half the people didn't get them by accident, and they were really yeah. mad. And it's very funny to be an old man and go to a kiss show and put up a, a, a fuss because you didn't get a golden ticket. So guess what? There's a petition on change.org now. Demand kiss slash Madison Square Garden to issue golden tickets to actual MSG show attendees. Imagine if Charlie Bucket had done this. He made a petition that everybody should get a golden ticket. Yeah, they want to participate. They literally want a participation trophy here. What's up with these boomers and their participation trophies? Most of the people who got golden tickets in that book died. They got killed. And as these aging fans of Kiss, they should uh, kind of be cognizant of that. That turned me off of golden tickets forever. Me too. I don't even fuck with them, to be honest. I love gold. Don't get me wrong. I love gold, but I won't fuck with a golden ticket. Oh, yeah, I would melt it down. I don't care if that's a federal offense. Put it into a nice bar. 
I, along with my brother and a significant portion of the KISS army, attended the <laughs> iconic band's show at Madison Square Garden. Much to our disappointment, we did not receive golden tickets, a coveted token of recognition for diehard fans. We believe that these golden tickets should be issued to those who were actually present at the Madison Square Garden show. The distribution of these golden tickets is more than just a symbolic gesture. It's an acknowledgement of our unwavering support and dedication towards KISS. It's estimated that thousands of fans like us left the concert without this token. Source, fan forums and social media discussions. This has led <laughs> no to widespread <laughs> disappointment within the fan community. But if they're not touring anymore, who cares? It's so funny, dude. They were handed out randomly as people exited. There were not enough commemorative golden tickets. It's really funny because the band obviously just didn't think it was a big deal. They're just like, oh, this would be fun to do as like a giveaway at a baseball game kind of thing. And the fans are like, where the fuck's my golden ticket? Yeah. And the people that are mad about this, I guarantee they have 10,000 pieces of Kitsch, Kiss merchandise. Kitsch. Yeah. Kitsch works as well. Yeah. Kiss Kitsch. But uh, that, that person ended kind of indignant with that statement. Like all Kiss could respond with was, to clarify, there were not enough commemorative golden tickets available for everyone at the venue, and they were handed out randomly as people exited. Unfortunately, we do not have any more to distribute at this time. Apologies for the inconvenience. It's just not a big deal, you know? Yeah, why would they print more for people who already paid? Like, are they going to sue? Is there going to be a class action? This uh, change.org petition has been up for three or four days, and they have 577 signatures out of 1,000 for their goal. Not bad. Maybe we should sign, you know? Maybe. It would be funny to get one and you didn't actually go. Can you use a fake email on change.org or is it going to verify it? I'd, I'd sign this petition. Um, yeah, I'll sign it too. I'm going to sign it as Connie Connecticut. You can choose to display your name or not. I'm going to do Connie C at Gmail. That's definitely someone's real Gmail that I just signed up for this. <laughs> yeah, some old lady. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be like, oh, kiss. I remember that, man. Keep thinking I'm an band. AI. Yeah. Oh, you can chip in $7 to help distribute the petition. Well, Connie Connecticut has officially signed. Good for her. She's been killing it lately. I know. She's been quiet for a few days. She dropped three songs in three days, and now she's being a little uh, quiet. But I, I have a feeling she's Even got God had to rest. in the works. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I didn't realize that there's people giving like lengthy reasons why they signed as well. Oh, really? Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Check this out. I spent well over $15,000 for my hotel travel and both shows. Good God. Not including the eight other times I've seen them on this tour. Not it's including not the merch Grateful and Dead. Everything. It's pre-recorded tracks, yeah, dude. You're hearing literally the same pre-recorded shit at every one of those shows. Which I still, like, it's fine if you want to hear it, but that's an insane amount of money to spend. Yeah, and then to complain. Like, you didn't get enough kiss? Yeah. It's very clear that... M uh. Madison Square Garden staff kept them and put them on eBay. All right. What well, are they selling for? 15 grand on that uh, weekend. Why don't you just buy one on there? You know, you got money. Yeah. Who gives a shit? I want to be one of the fans who got the golden ticket. And I'm like, fuck you, fake fans. I got the ticket. I'm not signing the petition. Wow. $1,400. What's well, Kiss fans' fault for though? being willing to pay on this stuff? Uh, yeah. yeah. There's one with 12 bids. It's up to $611. Wow. Comes with a hockey puck. <laughs> New York Rangers. It's just some like that, leftover. That's who shit. they endorse. Funny. End of the road world tour. It's got a QR code on it. It's kind of cool, I guess. If you didn't get any of that shit, that would kind of suck. You know what? I think they should give that to them. 
They should give it to me and you, honestly. We're out here raising awareness about it. Yeah, who else is covering Kiss this much? Yeah. Give us our fucking golden tickets. I, I spent $15,000 to be at that show, and I didn't get one. Yeah, also, if you spent $15,000 on this shit, you can spend another six hundred. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I traveled all the way from Australia to New York. <laughs> Dude. Wow. Most of these are like these long sob stories about how unjust it is. And then there's this guy who signed, his name is Kevin with a G, Kevin G. And his comment is Kevin Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking mad at Kiss, dude. How could Gene Simmons just be thinking about himself and the money he's making? It's, I just don't expect this behavior from him. I'd really think he would put the fans first, you know? There's one guy here who says, cheap cash grab. I was one of the last, if not the very last fan to leave the lobby of Madison Square Garden after Kiss's final show. I was the last person on the merch line before the stand closed. I can attest to the fact that there were boxes and boxes, I'm talking stacked chest high, of unopened golden tickets. I was lucky enough to receive one on my way out, but there were plenty still available. That, unfortunately, is where my trail goes cold, as no <laughs> one seems willing to answer my repeated phone questions as to the ultimate disposition of them. Sadly, just another corrupt and mishandled act in a city of such come live here for a while and deal with it on a daily basis so that guy got a golden ticket but he's still calling the venue to badger them about where they put the golden tickets you know this is eric adams new york for you folks thousands of golden tickets going ungiven to fans just it really is sitting up it might be accumulating him. value in madison square garden yeah, this is the type is. of scheme that eric adams would cook up stealing yeah. the golden tickets from the kiss final concert and you know where he's sending them turkey he's sending them right to erdogan that's right it's going in we're the, gonna the see turkish these, treasury yeah i know we're gonna we're gonna see these start surfacing in turkey and we're gonna know why we gotta deflate the lira but I do believe that Madison Square Garden staff was stealing these. I think that's oh, what I'd happened. Oh, I would probably steal one. Why and not? I don't blame them. Having to deal with the Kiss fans and shit, that's yeah, probably I think a I would, pretty shitty job. I would probably job. steal exactly one. I wouldn't feel bad about that. I wouldn't steal like a hundred of them because then you're just yeah. like running a scam. But And it's not just the ticket. It's the other stuff. It comes in a box. Yeah. There's a certificate of authenticity. But uh, it is insanely funny. Imagine being like, a Madison Square Garden worker who answers the phones at like 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, fielding annoying boomer questions about like, what time are doors for Bruce Springsteen or whatever? And this fucking guy keeps calling you about this conspiracy about the uh, the golden tickets, you know? So, sir, you did get your ticket, but yeah. you're mad? <laughs> Why are you mad? He has a sense of justice, you know? Everyone should get one. He's not doing it for including himself. Including me. Yeah. I think we absolutely deserve him. Can you imagine how hollow it would be if we bid on that right now and we actually won it? If we spend like $1,000 on that ticket and won one and it shows up, I would feel so like spiritually bereft. Yeah. I wonder what the gold value of that is. Yeah. We're gonna melt if you it melt down. that down. You know, Branson someone's going to get some that in a divorce. Christmas present. Why didn't Branson send me a fucking golden ticket from Kiss? Then I'd be happy about Christmas. Oh, what was it? I don't know. But he, okay. He told me Andrew and Joel's presents and they're garbage. He wouldn't tell me mine, but if it's equivalent to theirs, it's straight up useless trash you can't even use that's just trash. Oh, is that why he's sitting in Discord? He's still sitting in the fucking Discord channel hours later. Yeah, it's making me I went mad, in there actually. and played an air horn and then left again a couple hours ago. <laughs> Funny. I don't know if he was there, but... I don't I'm know just, what he's doing over there. He's just in there all day. Yeah. He didn't leave when we recorded this afternoon. But I was going to say, someone's wife is going to get this kiss thing in the divorce. 
Yeah. She's going to get the kiss golden <laughs> ticket and the guy's going to like break into the garage. Going to flip out. With a crowbar yeah. to get it back. He's going to be on his OJ Simpson shit. Not, not killing his wife, but just breaking in there to steal his own merch back. Yeah. The good OJ Simpson crime. Yeah. <laughs> not the bad one. The one he that landed been him able in jail, not the one that should have landed in jail. Like, think about the guy that's selling O.J. Simpson merchandise years after the trial. <laughs> Do you like funny. that guy? Yeah, you think that, that guy, guy is cool? The guy who's profiting off O.J. Simpson merchandise? Yeah. No, fuck that guy. Him and O.J. Simpson should just have a, a, a bare-fisted brawl, and whoever wins gets all the shit. That's fair. They're morally on the same plane. Yeah, and then O.J. wouldn't have had to go to prison. Which is, yeah. uh, that's my hobby horse. I don't think OJ should have gone to prison because it was the wrong crime to send him for. And we shouldn't have done it, folks. America. I think he was innocent of both. Wow. There's new evidence emerging in the OJ Simpson case that exonerates him completely. A second yeah, glove. Yeah, apparently he denies it. A second glove. It also <laughs> doesn't it, fit. Yeah. But this time it's too <laughs> big. Yeah. It's They're like a giant glove. different sizes. <laughs> And it turns out in that in the Bronco, it was an AI OJ Simpson driving it. He wasn't even there. And also, Nicole Brown Simpson is still alive, and she's been hanging out with Tupac and Elvis. There's a typo on the set list of that final show. Oh, yeah? It says balloons, but they spell balloons with one L. Maybe it's a pun about loons. It's a Canadian well, song about loonies. Maybe they took the L by retiring. Oh, that's clever. I'm sure that Kiss would make a song about taking an L. It's cool. It's got the little stage notes in there, like Gene Fire, Band oh, okay. Pods. Interesting. Drum Riser, Paul Fly, Beth Piano. Why do they do Beth? Um, I guess it was their biggest hit, but that was the song Peter Chris sang. And his and ass it also kicked sucks. out of the digital band. I skipped that on the album. It ruins the pacing of Destroyer. Okay, when I thought of Elvis a minute ago, it just jogged my memory back to the 18s. And it's super funny to me that after their second album of original material, their third album, the first single, was an Elvis cover. Like, this band just doesn't know what it wants to be. And then That's the Elvis another cover thing. Was, it was used in Lilo and Stitch. Weird. I guess I've probably heard it then. Everyone's okay. probably heard that. It was in the soundtrack, so it might not have been in the movie. It might have been simply inspired by the film rather than in the film, you know? Was it Can't Help Falling in Love With You? Yes. That would make sense. That's sort of tropical. I think he, he had a one of those flower things on when he was singing Olay. that. Yeah. Probably one of his Hawaii movies, if I had to guess. But who is that for? Like, that's that's grandpa music. Well, they're revitalizing it. Actually, no one in my family really liked it. Elvis. Yeah. We've talked about that, about how... You had to be born in a, a specific five-year span to really appreciate Elvis. Exactly. Like, my dad listened to the Beatles and stuff. He didn't even listen to Elvis, and he was born in, like, the mid-50s. Yeah, it was before my parents' time, but after my grandparents' time. Yeah, exactly. That's true for me, too, even. And still, when people look back, it's like, oh, it's all covers. Like, he had a couple cool songs early on, but it's mostly just covers. Yeah, you can just go listen to Little Richard or Carl Perkins. It was okay. Probably within the last year, I read the New Yorker um, talk, of, or no, it's not, it wasn't a talk of the town. It was just like a short article uh, when Elvis did his like comeback shows in Vegas after his long time away. And I guess that was an interesting moment in the sense that like he was the first modern pop star to turn thirty, 
and then be like, can he still do it? You know, like it, it, it was like kind of a funny moment that it needed to be proven that you could be a pop star in your thirties, you know? And now no one thinks twice about Taylor Swift being in her thirties, you know? Yeah. Cass Elliot tried to do that and it completely flopped. That's the opposite of that. The opposite pole where she did her, the, the first night of her Vegas residency, she did so bad that they canceled the rest of it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think she came back and did one that was good, but that was like a a famous flop in the early 70s around the same time when that was, it was a new thing for a pop star to go into that realm. Yeah. And Vegas meant a lot more back then. Like oh, going to sure. Vegas, it was, it was super classy and important. It was like, I guess, Madison Square Garden or Carnegie Hall. Yeah. The opposite of what it is now. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like you, you go there when you're done. Yeah. When you're Wayne it's like the Newton farm or, where you send old dogs, you know? Britney Spears. Yeah. Britney they should Spears send should the just, old dogs there. Britney, yeah, give them free tickets. All these old dogs, give them free tickets to Britney Spears. They should put them in a show. I think Britney Spears should do a residency where she's just juggling knives. And dancing yeah, she should do dangerous songs. stuff. Yeah. Her kids are like 25, aren't they? I like her son who dresses up as Frieza from Dragon Ball Z. Like, it doesn't matter that much if she dies. They should just let her do whatever. Yeah. She's not under the conservatorship. She can burn down her house if she wants to. Not my problem. I don't live there. Heck, I think I say do it. Do what you feel and do what feels good. I think it would be a sleigh if she burned her own house down. Yeah. <laughs> it's anti it's anti-consumerist too, dude. It makes you think. I don't want to consume this house. I don't need nothing. I don't need anything for Christmas. It's degrowth. Yeah. Reducing the value. Dude, I would do anything to have uh, gotten to go to 18's 2002 Pop Till You Drop tour, 30 dates throughout the US and Canada. I would have fucking dropped after they popped, man. That stuff doesn't fly anymore, I don't think. The Pop Till You pop till you Drop, stuff like that. Because that happens. People actually die. There was someone that popped yeah, till they drop in Brazil. Oh, Joe Biden the, tried Taylor to... Show. Yeah, Joe Biden tried to reference it and he said it was Britney and then he, he said it was the yeah. Renaissance tour. It's so hard to watch him. Like, yeah, it's really, why, why give him. him those lines? Like, the only time he's sort of endearing is if he's like, well, Frank Sinatra, old blue eyes, or back in the day, or yeah. Frankie Valley, uh, right in the Four Seasons, they used to, they used to sing songs. It was do wop do wop do. You had the one guy who go, boom, 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 boom. See, that would be cool. I don't want him to try to talk about the Renaissance tour. Yeah. Did you know that Shaq is a dubstep DJ? I had no idea until you told me right before we started recording. Never. I learned this today. I think it was Tom that told me. Tom would find that out somehow. This has been going on since 2015. I didn't know about it. Seems like something I should know about. Yeah, something agreed. that should like, be covered more. How have we not more? come across that like on this show or something? Yeah, he does actual DJ sets for huge crowds. It's called Shaq Diesel or DJ Diesel. And he has a 10-track album called Guerrilla Warfare, and it's pretty sick. I saw a clip of him performing live, and he's getting into it, and he stops the show because someone fell down. Someone popped till they dropped. Yeah. They rapped till they crapped. It's kind of And he said, uh, help them up. That he started doing dubstep in 2015. Like He already missed like the peak of it, and he's still doing it now? Yeah, that's how you know he genuinely enjoys it. Yeah, good point. Like he heard it and he he thought it was really cool. Or maybe his son was listening to it. 
and he's trying to be cool. It seems like a very endearing thing because it's yeah. not calculated at all. That's a good point. Yeah. Like if it was calculated, just, it would be something else. Yeah. He's way too late right in the trend. He's just doing it for fun. And because he's Shaq, he's allowed to do whatever he wants without being good at it. Yeah. I mean, maybe who he would is get kind mad of at competent. Him. I don't know. But. Who would be like, oh, his DJ sets are mediocre. I would. Like who gives a fuck? You get to tell people you saw Shaq do a DJ set. I paid $15,000 to come out from Australia for Shaq's DJ set, and I didn't even get a fucking golden ticket. The golden basketball. Yeah. He stopped throwing out the golden basketballs because they were injuring people. They're very heavy. Yeah, that was basically... He basically incited a crowd crush with the basketballs. Yeah, it was a crowd, cr- a crowd crush from upwards, which is rare. Yeah. <laughs> they were just projectiles shooting out. Oh, okay, speaking of crowd crushes... I just remember you sent me this tweet of uh, Travis Scott's custom buckle uh, glasses where people just have to look this up because there's no good way to describe it. It's like a circular, it's like a belt on sunglasses where it's like a circular belt. It's literally just a belt you put around your head and it has sunglasses on it. It's so stupid, but I want them. (laughs) It looks so I don't think you can buy them. I think they're going to be... Probably cost uh, like $30,000. Yeah, like a boutique thing. Yeah. But it is just a belt. I think it's cool. And it's like 90s sunglasses too. Like 1999 cool guy sunglasses, but it's a belt. And I think it's awesome. I would like to get those. Oh, and another thing, uh, Sebastian Bach has stole, uh, accused a tiki, a tiki mask, a tiki costume of stealing his face. He was on The Masked Singer, apparently, and he was in a giant tiki costume and he said it was based on his face, but he didn't get I to think, choose what it was made from. And I don't think they knew who it was going to be when, when he signed up for the Masked Singer. But I think that he is proud of it. I don't think he's mad. I think that yeah. he was uh, honored. I like that he's embraced it. And but if you, you know look at the face, uh, I really think that whoever designed that kind of referenced my face. Because to me, it has that grin, like, let the haters hate. I'm going to kick ass forever. It's that vibe. And it's just, it's sick that it, it's like, um, he's seen this tiki costume. You should look up a picture of it. And this is like his real identity. This is what he always wanted to look like. Wait, okay. By complete coincidence in this People magazine article... <laughs> He mentions, I just went to the very last Kiss show at Madison Square Garden, he shares. I was right there in the sixth row. Oh, wow. Does he say anything about the golden ticket? He should. He could be a voice for fans, but he's a fake-ass fan. He He probably got his, you know? He doesn't care about other fans. Disgusting. You hate to see it, this thing that I just imagined. You gotta get him one of those. But you wanna know it's extra bleak? Why he's really doing this People Magazine article? I'm just so proud of it, Box says of his new single, and I feel so lucky to be shooting rock videos in 2023. I didn't even know anyone was doing that anymore. He's on here just to promote his new shit, you know? It's bullshit. He's got to talk to People Magazine. I didn't know he was on Gilmore Girls. Oh, yeah. I watched all of it during the pandemic with my wife. Uh, he he plays in their band. Like, the the girls, they play in their garage, and he's, like, in the band. He's one of the girls. Yeah, basically. One of the hottest chicks of rock. That's right, exactly. Female-fronted bands like Skid Row, Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah. My take on Gilmore Girls is that, like, in a trash genre, it's as good as you could ever do that genre, you know? Like, it's a, it's like a, the woman who writes it is a genuinely 
unique and memorable writer. It's really easy to parody, but that's like speaks to the strength of the writing that you can parody it so easily. Yeah, it seems like people bring it up a lot. It yeah, it's definitely like an original show. Like it's corny, but it's as well done as you could ever do like a teen melodrama for sure. I think it did a lot to reunite girls with their moms. It did a lot to bridge the divide, be the 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 mom daughter war that's been raging. Yeah. <laughs> I I would actually, if anything, I would think that show would uh, reinvigorate the flames of that war because no one's mom is as cool as Lorelai Gilmore. And like, fuck you, mom. Why aren't you as cool as the mom on TV? She's a good role model. There aren't enough role models for adults. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Yeah. Too many for kids, not enough for adults. But, you know, it's, it's interesting to see Sebastian Bach doing things where he has to plug his new single in People magazine. The single kind of stinks. Didn't oh, stand out to me at all. It's competent, modern rock, radio rock. I don't know if it would get on the radio. Oh, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that has to do with how good the song is. It's probably He's running on fumes. It's good enough to be on modern rock radio. You wouldn't, it wouldn't seem out of place, but it's also not very good. You know, I'm kind of all over the place here because I got so many fucking tabs open for this episode, but I just went back to 18s. I have their original like single upside down up on uh, YouTube and a few of the comments I wanted to point out. Cause like there's exactly what you expect of so proud to be a nineties baby. And like, I'm glad I could relive my childhood when music was actually great. It's like, Oh, shut the fuck up. It's but, shit from the seventies. Yeah. It's just, this is just shitty reheated crap. But uh, my favorite comment is that final chorus where they go up an octave still gives me chills every time. Like they're not going up a whole octave. It's a key change, dude. It wouldn't be a key if they went up an octave. It'd just be the same key. It would be funny to go up an octave. (laughs) Every instrument goes up an octave. (laughs) That's so annoying. (laughs) It'd be so jarring. But well, what did we learn today? I think Kiss fans have been Kiss fans deserve a golden ticket. Yes, they have been wronged, and until justice is served, I'm going on a hunger strike immediately. Starting what's, now. What's Mike Jones' phone number again? 281-330-800-FOE. Because foe is easier to rhyme than four, I think. Oh, okay. Because you can hit Mike Jones up on the low because Mike Jones is about to blow. Yeah, hit, hit him up with any questions. Yeah. I really do want to do uh, a Twitch stream of the Mike Jones movie, though. We'll have to make a note to do that. And my last thought is share. It's on site. If I see her out at the club if i see her fucking doing dj play a christmas song i'm literally going to try to murder her there's a credible threat well i wouldn't do that but i would be a tree in the way when she was skiing <laughs> you like rig up some kind of mess singer outfit of a tree to get in her way the tree was never held liable for that that's true okay if i was actually going to still shoot, be there i'm going to shoot share in the guise of a tree they'll be like oh you can't sue or you know you can't Send a tree to jail for murder. You can't prove that this came out of a tree. Gun. Yeah. Or no, it did. The bullet did come out of a tree and it wasn't me. It grew like that. It was lodged in there during the Civil War. Yeah. And and then then, it just went ricocheting out for some reason. The pressure built up in the tree and popped it back out. It got really hot in the tree. And it was a Christmas tree. Yep. The perfect alibi. Sonny Bono died crashing into a Christmas tree. (laughs) <laughs> in his house. We take the heart for a damn time.